Welcome to a very E3 episode of very Glitch Please. Sleep deprived episode of Glitch Please. Oh man, we're getting Strap in. We're getting weird. It's you get to a point in like E3, uh, we're now on Day two. Uh, we we're at the wow. end of day five of three. Uh, E3, like yeah, technically it starts on a Tuesday and ends on a Thursday, but no, it actually starts on a Saturday yep, and yep. everyone goes all the way through. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's all very exciting and it's fun and it's like big crazy announcements and long hours and you don't realize uh, how big in scale it is until you try and walk across the building. Uh, it's a lot of fun though. We're really, really lucky. You want to race after the show? Just race across the building? No. <laughs> No. Why does no one want to read? What's the matter with you? I'm Adam. <laughs> How much caffeine have you had? Oh, yeah, I forgot to do that part. I'm Ashley. I'm Adam Ellis. All right, well, there's two. And, and a quick thank you to our sponsors for this episode, uh, Beachbody and Discord. We'll talk a little bit more about them in a bit, but thank them for making this episode possible. There's so much to talk about with... Uh, with E3, with the game announcements and reveals, but uh, really there's a lot to talk about, and hey, Adam, tell us about Cyberpunk. Yeah, so... Because Adam is the only one of us who got to see it. Thank you for that. Uh, yeah, I got... You're welcome, you're welcome, It's team. bullshit. Yeah, no, I, I very gracefully accepted my invitation to the Cyberpunk uh, press event. It was a 50-minute long demo um, in which they showed uh, gameplay, they showed a little bit of cutscene, they showed a little bit of story, showed a little bit of questing. Um, so I'll just kind of talk you through uh, the demo and I'll tell you about some of the little details I noticed and some of the things that they brought up. And, and part of the reason this is a big deal is so far what we knew about Cyberpunk 2077 was the five years ago they released a trailer and it was very conceptual. It was just sort of setting up this futuristic world involved that Android lady in in her underwear with some I don't know some blades coming out of her arms yeah, and that was called, real weird. They're called the mantis blades. Ah uh, yes, with the mantis blades. I think, I think hold on. Speaking of mantis, <laughs> okay. yeah, I think it's Spe mantis blades. Speaking of blades, at what point in the game does Blade Runner show up and I get to fight him? It is Blade Runner. Uh, so <clears throat> they start off the the presentation and they they told us uh, what Cyberpunk was. And what is cyberpunk? So cyberpunk is set in an alternate timeline to our own, so uh, not based on a true future story. Uh, it is set in the year 2077, surprise, surprise, um, where the mega corporations of the world control everything, uh, and then on the other side of that there is the criminal underbelly, which runs the, the crime of the world and the slums and all that. So there are gangs, there are factions, and there are corporations, uh, and you, your character, is named V, the letter V. Um, and, or a vendetta. Right, exactly. Uh, and you exist outside the system. You are neither part of a mega corporation, nor are you part of a criminal underbelly. You are a cyberpunk. You mean we're like the underground of the underground? Exactly. Um, so from there, they went right into a big thing that is different from uh, their previous games, character okay. customization. First of all, let's back up. So cyberpunk is, it's kind of like a... It, that actually means something. It means that you're not, that you're, you're independent, you're alone, you are, yeah. and I uh, presumably. But yeah, punk is like it's it's rebelling against the norms. You're not okay. uh, you're not adhering to any like like any part of society. You're doing your own thing. And the cyber part of that is this is a very futuristic sci-fi city. It's it's kind of like. It's kind of like Blade Runner, but even more heavily technologically advanced. Everyone is like super uh, upgraded. Like some people don't even have real faces. They have like robot faces. Uh, you 
any part of you can be swapped out with some cybernetic enhancement. So the city is very futuristic. So that's the cyber part. Okay. Um, and the punk part we know. So um, they, they go into uh, character customization, which as you know in, in previous uh, CD Projekt Red games, you played, it was just The Witcher, so you played as Geralt. Um, and while Geralt is a fantastic character, you were not role playing a character of your own, you were playing a character that they give you. Uh, sure. So. Big change, I think a lot of people would appreciate that. I know I do. Uh, even uh, as part of that is you can be male or female. Uh, and on top of that, you have a, a plethora, as they said, of uh, character customization options. Uh, they told me specifically beard customization is in. Ooh, uh, is you, a, asked, you asked about that, didn't you? So, yeah, oh. they, told, they told me I had a nice beard, and I said, is there beard customization? They said yes. Is there, how, so you said there's customization of like your your technological, like, uh, that doesn't come in character customization. Okay. That will come later, and I will, will absolutely talk. I want to make myself cable. Yeah, and you can. So, <laughs> you uh, really have a thing for cybernetic arms, John. Yes, I do. And I didn't, <laughs> like, know, I didn't know this was a fetish I had until I, <laughs> Winter Soldier and Cable in uh, Deadpool 2 came out, and I'm like, okay, apparently this is my thing. I'm down with it. Nice. Um, so in, in Adam doesn't want me to talk anymore. Adam wants to share everything he had about well, like, well, here's I, the thing. I have a how, lot. Show the, how many pages of notes so you've got. This is a impressive. Lot of and these are all things that you were writing of down. Information to get through in in this. We have a lot. Okay, I can hold on. And I have this, this thing. Uh, this is a, a little overview. It's what? very nice. You also have, and I think you, you've probably already taken this and hidden it somewhere. I'm just going to get uh, comfy. You've got a figurine of the chick with the, with the arm. Yes, yes. And Mantis. I, man, I already like action figures and statues, so when I saw that, I was like, I'm going to die and go to heaven. So that How was great. How are you getting that back to Austin? I have to figure it out. I might just carry it on. <laughs> right, because you can't just like leave it with any of us to take. You will never see it again. No. It's mine. <laughs> um, all right. So in character customization, we're still in character customization. Um, they they had things like stats to customize. Um, it was weird. Now let's back up. How many types of beard customizations? They didn't say, but they said you'd be able to customize things like hair length and like facial features and whatever. And they said expect to spend a lot of like they said hours. So if you're someone who really likes character customization, like plan an extra day. Or something. Yeah, that, okay, um, yeah. okay, this sounds both amazing and also like that's exactly what I will do. Right. How much time do you typically spend customizing a character when you play a game? Really, generally I want to get into the game so bad that I will spend five minutes. I will get a beard and I will thicken up the eyebrows because I got some, some brows, if you couldn't tell. Uh, and that's pretty much it. Sometimes I make him a beefy boy, uh, but <laughs> I, I want to play more than anything. Um, so there are stats, and, and the stats that they listed are pretty normal, except, they're, so there's strengths, constitution, intellect, and then they have reflexes, tech, and a stat called cool. And I don't know what cool is. I don't know, but I want to max, max it out. You can max out your cool stat at some point. Um, so that's cool. Maybe that's uh, like charisma. That's, right. that's like when you just, you leave all of your stats empty except for luck, and see if that helps you through the game. Right. Um, a, big, a big part of character conversation that they wanted, that they, they stressed, was that CDR, Cyberpunk 2077 is an RPG. So you will be giving your character a backstory, and that backstory will have influence on events and, and things in the game. They didn't delve too deep into it, but th they were very poignant in saying, this is important, it is an RPG, your character is a character in this world, uh, they have a story to tell. Um, also, the thing that they also made a point of that was absent was there is no class select in character customization. You're not selecting 
you know, mage or gun guy or whatever. It's a f- they, they listed it as a fluid class. Gun guy, you know, gun guy. The there's, classic D&D there's, there's character. There's games of gun a, guy. Um, you don't want to be a thief archer. Is that a thing in cyber world? It could be. But they, uh, they, they got, I mean, look, Hawkeye was kind of making it work until he just stopped being in Avengers movies. <laughs> Destiny has that, that bow now in the, in the new uh, version. So yeah, like space bow, why yeah, not? Yeah, space bow. It's, it's, it's cyber Hanzo. If your game Hanzo. was too futuristic, don't worry. Destiny's got your back. We got bows and arrows now. Um, <laughs> but this game is a fluid class system. So the choices you make in the world, uh, you will be able to kind of build the character you want to build, use abilities you want to you use based on how you choose to upgrade your character as you go. There's no, say, you're you not say it's locked a fluid system, how gay can I make my character? Uh, that's up to you and your fluid, dude. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> um, good. So, the demo. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, the, de- the demo starts off, uh, and the big news that you probably already know by now. Uh, but I didn't at the time. Was the game is a f- is 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 played in the first person perspective? So, oh, so you which know. is interesting if you are if they're saying hey expect to spend hours customizing your character. Never see him again. You, don't know, you won't see him. Everyone else will, and that's really. They important. also didn't say this. The game is just all mirrors, so you will see your character. So there is a couple cool things. You you do get to see your character in cutscenes, right? Um, and uh, there are when you're in your apartment, which I'll talk about. Uh, there are, you have like a wardrobe, and you literally, it's not a menu. You walk up and you have your clothes hung up, and if you, you just bought a fancy new jacket, you'll get to look at the jacket before you put it on, and then you put it on first person. Will they be do, ro- do you have to like take the tags off and hang it up? I think you have to snip them, yeah. They, the, the Wait, things are really? Too, things are too taut now. Uh, did they, uh, did they, I'm is there, is there, the tag mini game. is the thing in, in, in Project Red Games is, uh, uh like romancing, is that? It is. Okay, cool. It is. So uh, I, I see my character doing the boom boom. Yeah, I, and I'll get to the boom boom. <laughs> Don't worry, I will. I love it when you talk pillow talk to me. Um, so <laughs> the game starts off, and you are. They don't give a whole lot of context other than you are looking for a girl, you're on a mission. Uh, so you're kind of a freelance, like you just kind of do odd jobs, and the job you're doing right now is to find a girl uh, who is lost. And you have a partner with you named Jackie, um, and you two are in an apartment, and that's where you start. So they walk into the first room, and they start shooting people, and the, the, the most prominent thing was there are damage numbers in the game, and some people like those, I like them. Some I people, like them. Some people don't. For like me, them. yeah, for me it's like you get, you get a, a read on how much damage you're doing with a basic gun, and then when you get like a really awesome gun and you, you start to do more damage, like you start to see those big numbers, and I like big numbers. They're great. It also I, helps I get you. It though. Like some people uh, feel like it uh, takes, like it reduces the immersion sure. because it's a very video gamey type feature. I, I would not be surprised, and I'll, and I'll get into more why later, I would not be surprised if that's the sort of thing that you can turn on and off. Because um, there, there's a lot of weird stuff involving the HUD and your cybernetic implants, and I, I will get into it. We got some stuff to get through. All right. Um, well, yeah, at which page are we on? Two or three. Um, so, <laughs> uh, <I> imagine <laughs> Adam in this thing with the tiniest pencil, just t- writing everything down possible. Yeah, but I would a normal pencil would look tiny. No, but I want an extra tiny pencil. Get out of my pocket! I'm trying so hard. Do you have your little? It's, <laughs> it is a tiny pencil. It's, it's a little. little <laughs> Oh, Adam, I love you. I love you so much. Okay, so uh, this is a cyberpunk pencil. You want this? Yours. It's all yours. Uh, I got something. <laughs> um, <laughs> so after after they kill the first enemy or two, uh, 
the, another big feature that they showed was an enemy was behind a wall. They could hear him, but they said the one of the characters called out that they didn't have a shot at him. So they just started shooting down the wall. So, oh yeah, so the, the indestructible environment. There's indestructible environments to the extent of you can bust through walls. Love that. Um, they showed things like first-person executions. She went up behind the guy, and I believe she stabbed him in the neck, or no, she shot him in the head. That's what she did. Uh, in the demo, they were playing as a female V. Um, they have uh, little inhaler type things. Uh, the one they used was a reflex booster, and that I believe gave her health, uh, but it also coincided with them using time slowdown. So there are time slowdown mechanics throughout the demo. Um, it was unclear how they were activating those, uh, but it was very clear that they were using time slowdown to their advantage to line up shots a little bit easier, and it kind of added a little bit of uh, a drama to, to the battles. Maybe uh, time slowdown is based on how cool you are. <laughs> or maybe just like you turn your gun sideways. Like the, the, higher, <laughs> yeah, the, the higher your cool stat is, the sideways or the gun goes when you're shooting. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the more your cool status is up, the lower your shades get. Uh, <laughs> um, in the demo, the one thing that I noticed that I wasn't sure on was enemies... This was with the first gun, though. Enemies did tend to be a little bullet spongy uh, in the early part of the demo. Later on, not so much, but that's good that they showed a little bit of progression with the weapons. Um, but you, it, it wasn't a situation where she shot the guy in the head and he died in one bullet. It was a few bursts from her machine. She was using a machine pistol. Um, upon killing a few guys, uh, they, they find the girl uh, in this, like, it's a, it's a medical... You find out that the, the enemies there were harvesting people for their cyber gear. So you see a lot of like gross, grungy medical equipment and like cyber tech laying around, and you find a girl in a bathtub piled on other bodies. Um, and it's very clear from that moment that this game, and they said it, this game is a very adult game with mature themes and graphic nudity and violence. Um, because you find this girl and she's just butt naked. Um, and that's like one of the first things that they do. So they pick her up, they take her out, uh, they call in the trauma team, and they, uh, they didn't explain how you would be able to use the trauma team, but you call in the trauma team to extract this girl because she's on death's, death's door, um, and this team rolls in, and it's basically uh, EMT mixed with SWAT. So these dudes roll in with like a hover vehicle, and they hold you up at gunpoint until you show them some identity, or some ID, um, and then... Uh, then they take the girl and they run off, and then you're, you've completed your mission. But it's it's very clear that these these the trauma team is a team that you might be able to call on at some point to get you out of a sticky situation. Uh, it's a cool little like these guys are always around. They got your back. They're badass. Um, following that, uh, uh, V has gotten her money. Uh, they show a cutscene of her waking up and having a one night stand. Good for her. Yeah. Uh, so she used her money to, I don't know if she bought a prostitute or if that's just her boyfriend, whatever it was, uh, they, 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 they talked about one night stands, so that dude up and left, and then you're in V's apartment. Uh, from there, uh, it, the, they sort of introduce you to how you prepare for the going out for the day, um, pr like the freedom of where you want to go. Uh, so they showed, again, the rack of clothes where you picked up the jacket that you wanted to wear so you could see it in all its glory. It has, like, a, a, a glowing collar lapel that has, like, a screen on it. It's awesome. Um, and it showed you what stats it carried with it. So armor and, and or sorry, clothing does have stats tied to it. Uh, specifically, I saw a street cred stat. There's street cred in this game. Cool and street cred. I also saw, I also saw street cred get leveled up. So it seems like, or I saw street cred, the number go up. Seems like street cred could be in flux. You could gain street cred, you might be able to lose street cred. Not 100% on that, though. Um, uh, I did also see 
when 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 she was loading out to go out for the day, she went up to a weapon rack and she had little foam cutouts on the wall and she took out of a foam cutout her machine pistol. So it seems like you prepare to go out. I'm not sure if that was just for the demo or if this is like if you go back to your apartment and sleep, you're going to get back up. You're going to prepare. You're going to take the stuff you want with you. Um, it's not like you're carrying everything with you all the time. I don't know yet. It's yeah. just... It seems <laughs> like a cool way to uh, to implement like uh, your loadout yeah. into the game. And it kind of gives you like a role-playing reason to like be in your house for a little bit. It's a cool little sci-fi sci future house. Um, I did notice, they didn't talk about it in the game, uh, but there was foam cutouts for other weapons like... Uh, there was one that looked like a later weapon which they showed, which was a blunderbuss, and another one that looked like... Ah, uh, yes. The epitome of future it's, tech, it's the blunderbuss. It's a space blunderbuss, dude. Uh, Look, I'm, I'm, I want a bow and arrow. Who am I to judge? <laughs> uh, but they had a cutout for uh, a foam sword, so potentially some melee weapons. Would not be surprised at all, uh, especially considering they used the mantis blades later on in the demo. Um, Let's see, street crap, okay. Uh, weird, they, they showed a lot of weird little details that were rapid fire and they were kind of hard to, to get a beat on, but so if, if you've seen the trailer or if you've seen Blade Runner, you see uh, a very prominent feature is there's advertisements everywhere. You have billboards, you have signs, you have glowing things. Um, sorry, a at some point uh, they go up to a billboard and it's advertising a drink. And they just click, and they click on the billboard, and when they clicked on the billboard, it then put a waypoint in the world to where you can go and buy the item that was advertised. That's interesting. So it seems like they, they were saying, they were implying that anything that they advertise in the world, you can go buy. It's like they're, they're trying to build a world for you to live in. That's cool. Um, and they went and bought the Coke or whatever. It wasn't a Coke, but it was a Cyber drink. Coke. It was a good, it was a good drink. Um, let's see here. Street cred, but, but there's no load times in Cyberpunk at all. Uh, so you walk out into the world. It is a seamless 100%. Um, it is apparently a giant world with six districts, each with uh, distinct factions, and uh, those factions all have different like cyber abilities, and they'll all be slightly different from one another, or different from one another. Um, they they made a point to talk about uh, the NPCs in the world. I don't know if you've played The Witcher, uh, but in The Witcher, uh, the world felt very alive. NPCs in different cities would talk about different things. If they were in a port city, they would talk about fishing or, you know, whatever was related to the area they were in. And in Skellige, which was really cold, they talked about how cold it was and stuff like that. Um, in this game, uh, they are planning to make uh, all the NPCs have their own daily routines. They have a day and night cycle. They want it to feel like the NPCs are not just NPCs, but they're all doing their own stuff. They've got a job to do, they've got places to be, they want to go shopping, whatever. Uh, they want to build that world so that you feel like you're living in it, uh, which is fantastic. Um, they did a, a common recurring theme throughout, or a common recurring thing throughout the, the demo was plugging into, they called it a shard, but think of like a flash drive. So someone would hand you a piece of data, you'd plug in, and it would like play a video. So you basically have a USB drive on your neck. So we're talking like Johnny Mnemonic. Exactly. Um, Do you make a friend with a, a dolphin at any point? No dolphins as of yet. They're talking about implementing those. Well, as that's well. a yeah. I was gonna say that's a disappointing future <laughs> if we don't have like crazy cybernetic enhanced dolphins, <laughs> right? Am I, am, I, am I right? We need enhanced dolphins in the future. Yes. Let's make as many references to giant mnemonic as possible to our very young audience. <laughs> Look, giant uh, mnemonic is a, is a classic, and everyone loves Keanu Reeves. So right. <laughs> I love is, Keanu, that's my boy. Well, besides, we're talking about cyberpunk stuff. Yeah. Like Johnny Mnemonic yeah. is one of the 
ultimate cyberpunk. It is. He had 80 gigabytes of space in his he brain. Did. He did. That's he a lot. He had 80 gigs in his brain, and they were like, whoa, it's so How'd you get much. that much space? <laughs> I dumped my entire childhood. Oh, my gosh. So, Johnny Mnemonic. What else like, did we learn like about that? Good memory uh, of Johnny Mnemonic. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, they, they talked about how in, in the game there will be a different approach to your standard mission structure. It's going to be less go here, do this thing, and more here is an end goal we want you to accomplish. Figure out how to accomplish it. And so you, you have basically have freedom to choose how you're going to do it. Exactly. So, uh, when you go to talk to Jackie, who's your, your partner in crime or not crime, whatever it is, um, he tells you that uh, a guy named Dexter Deshawn has a mission for you or, or wants to meet with you. And Dexter Deshawn is like a big crime lord. And you really want to get in with Dexter Deshawn because you want uh, more jobs. You want money. Yeah, dude. pardon me. I thought it was independent. I thought that was part of the, like, the punk and stuff. You're, you're an independent I'm a rebel. contractor. I'm not, I'm not you're not, like, you're not on a salary. You don't have health insurance. He's just paying you money to do some jobs. Oh, good. I'd hate to have health uh, insurance. That would suck. <laughs> so Cyber health insurance. <laughs> you, you go and talk to uh, Dexter Deshaun, and he, he basically tells you, like, uh, if you want to talk, I'm going to need something from you first. And he says, get me this, this drone. It's like a spider drone. Um, and basically, that's it. He, he tells you he wants this thing, and the developers make it very clear there are many ways to go about doing this. Um, and one of the ways they choose to use is to call uh, a Militech person. She's a, she's a corporation uh, lady who, for one reason or another, has a link to this droid, or drone, sorry. Um, and so you do. Uh, they, they call her on a cell phone, and I don't know if this was scripted or if this was just like a bug, but they called her and, and she didn't answer. And they were like, yeah, sometimes NPCs are busy. And they called her another time, didn't answer. They're like, we'll try one more time. They called her again and she answered. So like, I don't know if and they actually- Why are you blowing up my phone? Right, I don't, like, I don't, and she was pissed when she answered. Like, I don't know if NPCs are to the point where they actually have their own things going on. They're like, dude, I'm in the middle of doing, uh, watching a movie, stop calling me. And you call her three times, she actually answers. I mean, that happens in GTA. It's really cool. Um, so they, she, she finally answers and then she says she'll meet with you even though she's pissed off. Uh, so before you go and meet with her, uh, you go stop by the Ripper dock because you're gonna need some upgrades because this seems like it could be- This is where a, I get my a, metal a, arm. A crazy, a crazy mission. So the Ripper docks are people that can go, uh, if you're wounded or hurt, they can heal you up, uh, but they can also give you cybernetic implants or cybernetic, they call it cyber gear. Um, cyber gear being anything from like metal blades that come out of your arm to fancy eyes. Um, so they, they showed you getting uh, a new grip, a new grip in your hand, and new cybernetic eyes. The cybernetic grip in your hand uh, was the first thing they showed that started to change HUD elements. So when you hold your gun, it would show a different, uh, what's that thing called, sight? And it also showed an ammo counter in like a, a HUD display style thing. So you could start to see like your implants will affect how the world is viewed via this HUD or no HUD elements that you're seeing. Um, and, and they show it actually happening. Like you get, and this might just be for the cutscene, but they show her arm being, her hand being put under this thing and these things operating on it and whatnot. Uh, and then they show her getting her eye replaced. Gross. And they literally go like this and they, they, the eye goes black. And then it's, it shows like system booting up, and it shows you the other eye that's away from her, so it's like looking at her, and then it goes and like puts the eye in. Uh, and the eye gives her like the ability to scan objects and people to get more information on them and to zoom in. Um, so it's, I love this. 
yeah, it's very implied that like you will have a ton of customization options when it comes to what kind of cyber gear you want, and they'll all have different effects. And they showed in the menus that there are different levels of like when they showed the eye scanner, like there's different levels of eye scanners that you can buy. Um, so if you want a better one that will do different things, you can do that as well. Um, so once you finally get that, uh, the next thing you do is, ta-da, hop in the vehicle. So vehicles are in the game. Big, not, not a huge surprise. There was some, some talk about hiring vehicle uh, designers and stuff like that uh, before the game was really talked about. Um, you get in a, if you saw the car from the vehicle, or the car from the trailer, the one with the cool lights in the back that yep. lit up, was like a sports Very car, feature. you get in that thing. Cool. Um, so you were driving in first person. It is not a hover vehicle. Um, I was Stupid wheels. I know. I was, I was keeping my eye out for like flying cars and stuff. And I did see a couple of flying vehicles, not necessarily flying cars. Uh, they did say there would be a wide array of vehicles. They used the term uh, anything from cars to motorcycles. And I don't know if there's a lot what in a between. Range. There's three wheels right. in between there. Right. Look, I see trikes every now and again. They're, they're crazy. Uh, yeah. So the driving happens in the first person, but they also pulled out the third person, so it seems like you can do either or, which is great, because I don't always like driving cars in first person. First person driving in uh, FPS stuff is so nerve-wracking. Yep. It can be, yeah. Um, so when you get to the mission, uh, you have the option to prepare by scanning the environment and seeing people. Uh, they just kind of went right into it uh, and talked to this lady. And one of the things that they kept stressing was how you'd be able to have different options of approaching missions. So uh, just to run through how this mission started to play out, they, they met with this lady, she was pissed off because they thought she was someone, uh, they, you had the option to then fight back and just kill her or fight her outright, or you had the option to talk her into helping you and she, gave, they, she ended up giving him 50,000 credits. And then you had the option to take those credits and just pocket them and not go buy the drone, or you could take the, the money, go to the, the gang, buy the drone, uh, so that's what they did. They went to the gang, they tried to buy the drone, there was a big fight, and then again, there were some options in there. So every step of the way, it seemed like there was different courses of action that could take you in completely separate directions or have completely separate outcomes. Um, so this is the kind of game that it's gonna put you, is it's gonna put you in the driver's seat and let you make choices every step of the way. Right, um, and, and, and when they got to the, that final part of the mission, they started to, they, they said they used some developer tools to, to, to amp up the action. They got a blunderbuss, which is basically a, a cyber shotgun. Really cool. Um, the probably my, my favorite thing I saw from this was this is my cyber hammer. <laughs> cyber shotgun is a good nickname for your genitals. Thank you. Um, so <laughs> bullets. Uh, they, is they, it? They, they, they showed a modification, and I couldn't tell if it was a cyber gear modification or a modification to the gun. Uh, but they were there was a guy behind cover, and they were shooting at the guy behind cover, but they couldn't hit him. But then they turned on a, a basically a bullet trajectory, so you could see the bullets were hitting the wall, and then you could see where the bullets were bouncing. So they were shooting the wall behind him, but watching the trajectory and aiming with that, so they could hit him around a corner. And I was like, that's awesome, amazing, good job. Um, let's see. I love Adam's notebook so much. How many more so, pages we got? So, How many more pages? Dude, I, I want to talk is... about a different game. So, <laughs> well, here's, here's the question. The, the, so this was a 50-minute demo. 50-minute. And I wonder at, if at any point they'll publish this 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 gameplay walkthrough or anything. Unlikely. It's, there's yeah. usually a reason they don't make the behind-closed-doors demos uh, just publicly available, mm -hmm. which is a shame because, you know, one person gets to see it yeah. out of all of us, and, and we're all very, very jealous. But does it seem like it's... Because I mean, this was announced like five years ago, uh, and yeah. it's still going to be a while yeah. from the sounds of it before we get it. Is it going to be worth the wait? 
Dude, it seems like with the amount of detail they packed into just that demo that, mm -hmm. like, if this game does come to fruition, it's going to be something you can spend, like, hundreds and hundreds of hours in. And how are the graphics looking? Uh, I, they look pretty good. They're not, like, utterly fantastic, uh, but they look pretty darn good. On par with what's out there right now. Yeah, I would say they're on par. They're not. It's not. It's not blowing my mind. Uh, but it looks. It looks pretty good. Um, I, I'm going to touch on a couple quick things sure. and then we'll move on. Uh, you can remote, uh, or you can you can take your USB drive out of your head and, and sort of jack into an enemy, and then you can control his squad remotely. You can you can insert uh, viruses into his squad that you can then activate. So what they did was. They jacked into this guy, and he had friends around that you, that you hadn't killed yet. And they, they, they injected viruses, which are called like quick hacks. And what that allowed them to do was j uh, jam their weapons on command. So they got to the guys, they jammed all their weapons, um, and then they busted out the mantis blades. You can run on walls, you can use your mantis blades to stop on the wall, and then they, they aimed down, they jumped at the guy, they uh, stabbed him in like the, this part, and then they just cut his head off. It's usually called the neck. Is that the neck? Yeah. Um, and then at the, the very end of the at the very end, they showed an enemy in an exoskeleton or an exosuit, which is like a big mech suit uh, that you fought that you fought him with, and uh, there was just it was just a, a fight with a giant mech guy. But there's so much in this demo that like details that I couldn't possibly have seen like in one viewing. Uh, it's it's like it's mind blowing, dude. The game is is unfucking real. I'm just excited that they're to a point with this game where they can show a 50-minute gameplay demo, uh, even if it is behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. Very, very exciting. Um, and it's like the crazy thing is like that is so much, and it's also just one game that's at E3. Uh, there's so many other games, uh, but before we talk about those games, I want to say thanks to Beachbody uh, for sponsoring this episode of Glitch Please. Uh, Beachbody On Demand is an easy-to-use streaming service that gives you instant access to a wide variety of super effective workouts you can do from the comfort of your living room 24/7. It's a company behind P90X, Insanity, uh, 21 Day Fix, and more. So you can get and you can get motivated by celebrity trainers you know, like uh, Sean T, Charlene Johnson. Tony Horton, I know Tony Horton, uh, and more. Uh, there are hundreds of workouts for all fitness levels, ranging from bodybuilding to weight training to cardio, a high-intensity interval training to yoga, even dance workouts. If that's your jam, you want to like get your boogie on. Uh, you can view the different sessions on your computer or a web-enabled TV or a tablet or smartphone. So wherever you are, you can get access to them, which is pretty great. Like we're here in LA and. I like I'm staying at an Airbnb and I'm able to access that that kind of thing so I can do like my stretches which I really really like uh, and you can join over 1 million people who are currently using Beachbody on demand uh, the three-week yoga retreat I did was pretty nice I absolutely felt a difference in how like in my flexibility I've been doing a lot of the um, persona on the treadmill and uh, the walking makes the back of my legs really really tight so the the uh, yoga retreat was really nice for helping me to like lengthen the muscles back out um, and those sessions are also like 30 minutes which is like a nice compact period of time it's like very reasonable uh, you know it's enough that I get something out of it but don't feel like oh no that's too much I'd better skip for the day um, and you don't need any extra equipment for the sessions either so try beach body beach body on demand it is accessible it's easy you don't have to sit in traffic just to get to the gym you bring the gym to you uh, Right now, our listeners can get a special free trial membership when you text GLITCH to 303030. You get full access to the entire platform for free. All the workouts, the nutrition information, the support, 
totally free. Just text GLITCH to 303030 and you get it. So uh, big shout out to Beachbody On Demand. Um, they've been really great. I'm trying to get old and shape and strong and flexible and, uh, and it's a big, big help to have um, all of that there and also uh, able to go with me wherever. Especially because we spend so much time sitting or if we walk in the floor and your legs get really get get really sore, it's good to be able to like work it out a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. What have you got to see? What's the the big thing that that you've played? You've played a couple of different games. Got you to have play, some actually, really I, cool appointments. Yeah, a, a small handful. I got to do Skull and Bones, which was uh, interesting to play. And um, you you both played that on Sunday. We played on Sunday. Um, definitely very because we played a very limited demo. Um, it was only like twenty two minutes of a demo of just this one gameplay style and one game kind of thing. So I'm curious, um, what we played was fun. I'm very curious of what the, the, the full version of the game is gonna be and if it'll be something worthwhile because uh, you know you question like these uh, ocean uh, combat games like that and you're like, okay, cool, that's fun. How do you keep me playing this for you know $60 worth of a game's amount of time? Yeah, well, I'm just ask Sid Meier's Pirates about that because Sid Meier's Pirates, was amazing, the the original piratical game. Uh, love, love, love that that game. And you know, by today's standards, it would be probably considered relatively simplistic. Yeah. But uh, sometimes it just comes down to a really fun gameplay loop. I mean, ask Chad. You can't because he's not here because he's uh, doing some other stuff with RT Games for E3 right now. But uh, you know, he's playing. Sea of Thieves constantly, yeah, because um, he really likes that gameplay loop. And totally get that. Sea of Thieves is uh, for the last couple of years has been the game that Skull and Bones has been compared to because there's like, look, pirate ship, ocean combat, and much, that's and so we just saw the much two and, more detailed, and equated them, but yeah. they seem now like they're almost different genres. Yeah, the naval combat in Skull and Bones is much more detailed and much more. Uh, uh, there's a lot more for you to do while you're combating and much more for you to keep track of while you're, you're doing this. So it's, it's a, there's a lot more to it. Um, and I get to play DC Supervillains, Lego DC Supervillains, which was fun. Those games are uh, always adorable, always fun, like the jokes they make and the cinematics and that kind of thing and all the voice acting. And then um, always full of just a million characters. And this one you get to see every obscure villain character you can think of in the DC universe and even ones you probably didn't even know existed. Um, and that was which that is saying something because you follow a lot of comics. So oh, you I know said a lot you wouldn't know. I didn't oh. say I wouldn't know. <laughs> oh, I'm saying the, me. the sad nerd who's read too many comics. He knows everything they brought up, but uh, the rest of the actual normal people world would be like, "Oh, look at this! Um, I'm aware I'm an abomination." Uh, played that. Got to play Hitman Two. Love the Hitman series. Can Hit- you tell me about the muffin? I couldn't. There was no muffin. What? Not what the muffin. There's a giant billboard I know, out there. I know. I know. Where it's just like think. Deadly. I He's holding a muffin. Saw the I saw the banner. I asked the developer. He said you have to find out. I got to play the demo. The only mission we got to play didn't have it. I did get to kill someone with a fish. That was fun. And I did get to kill a man in a flamingo costume. And how did a, how did you kill someone with a fish? I chucked it at him really hard. <laughs> um, I did also uh, at one point I I, I uh, was able to uh, kill a guy that I needed to and take his 
his his uh, outfit, and then the the host who was helping me through the whole thing and showing me like what 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 was happening. They were like, "Hey, um, we can go on and do the mission, or you can have some fun." And there's some girls in the stall next to you that you can uh, you can take out if you want. And so I was like, "Oh, I haven't gotten to like kill any randos and see how that works out." And he says, "So go do that, and you can kill them any way you want." And I flipped through all my gear, and uh, I pulled out like, apparently a weapon I shouldn't have used in the moment, which was a, a remote mine. And I threw the remote mine into the bathroom, um, knocked a girl out with it, with one girl out with it, and then just ignited it and exploded them in the bathroom. And he went, okay, so we have to reload because you needed that for later. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's like, I'm impressed. No one has done that yet. Um, and well, they so, have now. Yeah. Um, it's definitely... Uh, a very uh, uh, recognizable addition to the Hitman genre, and it looks really fun. If you like Hitman, the episodic one that came out a couple years ago, you will. I assure you, like this, and uh, I'm look. I'll, I'll get well, it. Those same developers, so it's yeah. like you know, they uh, they've definitely settled into it, and uh, the I think a lot of people were very pleasantly surprised by what they did with the last Hitman game. Yeah. Um, and they ditching the episodic model. This time ditching the episodic right? model. They will be releasing like. Special events and isol and, and uh, what are they called? Uh, the the special kill ones, uh, isolations or contracts? What are they called? Target. Elusive targets. Elusive targets. Um, they'll be doing that, and uh, and so I'm excited about that. Uh, the the games that I haven't got to touch, that I'm really excited about, are all the PlayStation exclusives that they pr that premiered. Uh, uh, Shadow, what was it? Um, the, uh, so. Th PlayStation has, f there are four main ones. They have Spider-Man, Spider they have Ghost of Tsushima, Ghost of Tsushima, they have Days Gone, and they have The Last of Us 2. And Death Stranding. And Death Stranding. Well, they, they, don't, they, they didn't actually anything. list that one as like one of their big four for the C3. We uh, like saw so much more of Death Stranding than we had seen previously at, their, uh, at their showcase. It was uh, like 8, 11 minutes. They unveiled what, what Leia Sadu. Yeah, they who's, who's going to be involved in it? Uh, they they um, revealed two two new actresses in it. One was her name Wagner. Are they um, showing Sarah Wagner, right? Yeah. Are they showing gameplay of either Ghost of Tsushima, Last of Us, or anything like no, that? No, I haven't seen them on the floor. If they are, they might. I, and I haven't heard any of the closed door stuff. They're definitely showing Spider Man. Though. They're showing Spider Man. Yeah. In fact, uh, we had uh, James Stevenson from Insomniac on uh, on our live show. Yeah. Uh, and showed some of the the fun gameplay. I have been really excited to follow what they've been doing with Spider-Man because I really enjoyed Sunset Overdrive, which yeah. was the Insomniac that game that came out early in the Xbox One life cycle. Yeah. And it was crazy and it was fun and it's this big city with bizarro traversal, like a really good sense of humor. Uh, and I thought that was, that game was a lot of fun. Uh, it, I guess it didn't build the kind of momentum that um, that I would have expected. And I I'm not it existed, really sure I never why. played it. Because uh, it was like it was fun and crazy and colorful and it played well and it was beautiful and it, it seemed like it hit all the right notes, but something somewhere was missing, I guess, because it, it just didn't take off. But um, all of those were also ingredients that everyone, even at the time, was like, "This these guys should make a Spider-Man game. And it's like, turns out, they're making a Spider-Man game. And what we've seen so far looks great. It does. Uh, I, I played a little bit of it, and I, I played the floor demo. It's like the motion and swinging, and in that game, made me immediately be like, "This is going to be my favorite game this year." Yeah, it's it's, it's incredible. It looks amazing. Um, that's that is the game uh, I'm most excited about, and it probably helps that it's a game that I can at least go, "I know when I will be playing it," which is soon, mm -hmm. um, as opposed to like a lot of these PlayStation games. We don't know when they're coming out, and if they when they are coming out, it's a long ways away. Or like the Bethesda games. 
a huge Bethesda fan. Everything they released, I'm like, I'm gonna play all of those, but a lot of them, um, you know, the big ones uh, don't have a, a release date. Uh, the Young Blood, I'm gonna play that totally. Fallout, Fallout does. Um, Fallout, I'm gonna totally play that. Um, but uh, Fall when's Fallout come out? Uh, November? Yeah, uh, November. November. So that was not so far. Yeah, but that so one's Fallout exciting. That's is exciting. November 14th. Uh, the ones that are sort of uh, that are really far out for Bethesda are Elder Scrolls Six, which they confirmed, uh, which is coming after Starfield, which they confirmed, and yeah. they described Starfield as next generation. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if that means is two years off, yeah. maybe, uh, depending on when we start to see new hardware. Xbox did confirm they're in architecture mode for their next iteration of hardware. Uh, so uh, maybe maybe we're talking now, uh, I mean, if someone, if they want to get out fast, maybe next holiday, holiday after that. Sony said they're at least three years out from uh, from their next play iteration of PlayStation. Yeah. So we're talking 2021 yeah. at the earliest for that. So. If that starts to give us a timeline of what Bethesda means by their next generation Starfield, and yeah. then if Elder Scrolls is coming after that, it's basically settle in long, long way ahead. Yeah, and I think if uh, other than maybe the the IO guys from Hitman, the most fun developer I've gotten to talk to is Anthem, um, and get to get some hardcore answers from them about the details of Anthem, including like. What's flying like? What's your customization going to be like? What's the what's the co-op you know element of the game and that kind of thing? And it was really, how open world is it? How really? open world did is you, it? Did you find out uh, if like you'll see other players in the world? You'll you'll be able to basically uh, join up with players in your world, but it won't be something where people just be able to jump walk, into your world. You won't just be walking by people. No, it's 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 from the way he described it. It's still very much like it's your game and you get to play your game, and then you can team up with people when you want to team up with people, but by no means is there gonna be like trolling and and like see like a, a city full of a thousand players and that kind of thing. Which is really different than what it sounded like when they announced it. When they announced it, it sounded like, hey, look, it's gonna be the Bioware Destiny. Yeah. And that was the game that was drawing a lot of comparisons. But which, Destiny's again, that way too though. Destiny is not people, Destiny is. I mean, is, yes, no, but you, you see people all over yeah. the place in Destiny. Yeah, not when you're, I mean, not when you're like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you do. I mean, and, but you go to a world and they're there, and and but they're not like PvPing you or anything like that. No, but that's no, not no, the point. But I mean, you just yeah, see them. Just it the, feels like the world's alive. Yeah. Yeah. So like you know you're you're in and they're you're you're going through this story stuff and Destiny and they're like you're the only hero with light and then someone like bouncing by uh, right next to you with a billion yeah. lights and you're just like well, mm hmm so. I'm very curious to see how Bioware manages to tell the story of like, you're the hero, but these people are the hero. It sounds at least like they're uh, containing the story to you yeah. a bit more. Well, it was fun to, it was fun to hear that like, uh, you, the, they call the suits javelins and that you'll be able to uh, have multiple suits that you can like customize out as much as you want. Yeah, you're not tied to a class. No, um, and so you can have like a tanky one that you keep like building up and that kind of thing. Well, similar to Destiny, except those are full on characters you have to like switch to. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was fun to hear about. What, um, what did they say about flying and open worldliness? They said, uh, you fly, you fly. And they said it's, it's basically uh, like, um, they said there's like, you'll be able to fly, no limitations there. Um, you'll be able to uh, level certain abilities to make flying more maneuverable or, or, or better. Like 
certain suits to be able to fly. Like obviously the tanky big old suit won't be like zipping around. He talked about there's one that's like a much more uh, uh, fast traveler kind of one. Um, and uh, I'm trying to remember how he, did. we've talked to so many developers, so I'm like blurring the lines of who said what about open world, but he said it was, it was, um, it is open world, um, but there's like basically main areas you'll be. Why are you squinting your eyes at me? I'm, I'm just, I'm skeptical and curious. Processing, perhaps? I'm just wondering like, in the, in those, in the things they showed, like they were in some like deep valleys and I'm, I, they never fly over the hills of those deep valleys. They might not, I don't, I, so I, I'm, I'm wondering yeah. if like, if you're, it's, yeah, you can fly around these big areas, but like, you're not actually going to be able to go out of them. Like you're going to be confined to these, like valleys and the paths. The way he described it didn't you. sound very confined. Hmm. So uh, yeah, I'm really. I think curious. it is something we'll all have to just see, like to what extent that is when we jump into the mm -hmm. game. Um, I mean, there's like, I mean, even when you're playing World of Warcraft, technically there's no uh, limitation to where you can fly, but at certain height, there's nothing to, to fly up to. Like all the stuff that you want to see is down below. Right. I'm just kind of thinking of like Bioware level design. Historically, like Dragon Age has been like, yes, this is you can go anywhere in the in the map that we've given to you. Right. But like, yes, there are these invisible barriers yeah. or just like really high walls that you can never bypass. It's not like it's not like in World of Warcraft where you can fly to a, a, the height of a mountain and fly in any direction until you hit the sea. Yeah. Like that. That's kind of what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if it's going to be that way. Yeah. But it doesn't really matter. I'm just really curious. Um, but he, they, he was that was a he was really fun to talk to for that one. That one that was a good one. All right. Well, I just really quickly want to thank our other sponsor for this episode of Glitch Please. That's Discord. Uh, we talk about them a whole bunch. Uh, but uh, big shout out to Discord for sponsoring this episode. They're the best place for people to come together around games. It's really easy to use if you're on PC, mobile device, whatever. Um, it can be used for voice, community forums, video chat, screen sharing, and more. Uh, you can go to the link here, 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 and uh, and download it. And um, I Discord is an interesting thing for me because for a while I was like, I don't need that. I don't need voice chat. Whatever game I'm playing probably has native voice chat built in it. So I sort of um, I disregarded it, and then was doing some some matchmaking. Ended up installing it so I could play with people, uh, and was like, oh this. There's so much more to this than I realized. It's actually a very, very useful tool. Now, when I play, even if I'm playing video games with the family, so sometimes we do, you know, four-man uh, Sea of Thieves, or if we're playing Don't Starve Together, or something like that, uh, even though we're all sitting around in the same room, we all jump into Discord and do our voice chat that way, because that way we can have the headphones on and get the, the game and audio mix. Uh, and it's really awesome that you can have different... Uh, like so, we've got our our server. Uh, there's a, uh, there's some Rooster Teeth community servers for Discord as well that uh, you can hop in and, and chat with uh, fellow Rooster Teeth uh, fans and friends. Um, but you can have there's these different like sub like sub rooms. So you you log in and they're like, oh, I'm gonna hop out down into this room because this is the session we're gonna be playing together. And it's uh, it's just really easy to use. Uh, it all makes sense. And it's there are way more features than I realized. Like I didn't realize for a long time that there's chat like video chat as part of it if you if you want to use that. So um, a big shout out to Discord. They're they're pretty dope. Mm -hmm. I use them a lot. Yeah. All like constantly. Um, and and let us know if you do join the, the Rooster Teeth community. Lots of awesome people there to talk to um, and to uh, and to get into games with. We actually uh, frequently for Rooster Teeth do uh, community game nights. 
uh, a lot of times they're on PUBG, whatever, and people will get together and communicate via Discord. So mm -hmm. um, that's a lot of fun. That's usually Friday nights. So uh, if you want to join in on one of those, um, absolutely look up the, the Rooster Teeth Community Discord and, uh, and, and let us know if you, if you do it, if you have a lot of fun with it, because they're great. Um, and they, they're, they're helping us to make this episode of Glitch Please possible, which is so nice because um, you know we're, we're here, we're remote, it's in LA, we're at the LA Convention Center, uh, so we're, we're feet away, we're right across the hall from Konami, which, well, is, is Konami. Well, they don't have Hideo Kojima anymore. <laughs> no, they do not. Uh, but he's here at E3, which is really, really exciting, talking more Death Stranding. I'm, I'm pretty stoked that we at least, I still don't know what that game is, and I'm not gonna know what it is probably even after I finish playing it. Future FedEx. But I feel it's like they talked about it uh, you know, uh, much more clearly than, than ever before with the presentation at, at PlayStation Showcase, mm -hmm. uh, which is cool. And it was also, uh, we got a good first look at a Ghost of Tsushima during the PlayStation Showcase, which, I mean, I, I was interested in that game just based on the, it being, you know, 13th century samurai versus the, uh, the Mongol invasion. Mm -hmm. But once we saw the, uh, the, the gameplay presentation they had um, for the showcase, wow. It was gorgeous. It looks Dude, really, really lovely. The colors and the way the, the motion The light looked, and camera. The, the leaves blowing with their swings. Uh, when they crested, when he crested that hill with the horse and just started riding that horse through like the grass field and everything like that, yeah. it was like it's just gorgeous, man. Just gonna it, turn it, looks like a, it looks like this. a world I just want to sleep in. Um, <laughs> you uh, want to sleep in it? Yeah, look at those fields of flowers. I want to lay down and sleep. They look like you might get allergies. Yeah, it's true. It, uh, uh, it, it, the combat looked pretty. It's brutal unsanitary, as well. Adam. Uh, I was I was kind of impressed because that that quest that they had, uh, there was there was like some intense dialogue, there was like a turning of characters on each other, uh, fighting and like Mongols, that, that was a side quest. That was yeah. not part of the main story. That's so impressive to me yeah. uh, when games have like such deep side quests. And, and you got that from like the 10 minute or eight minute demo that they showed us, yeah. so cool. Yeah, so that was really beautiful. There's a lot of really good looking games this E3. Mm -hmm. There were some strong contenders, um, completely different note completely different style completely different scope but uh i was so happy we got to sit down and talk to the ori and the will of the wisps oh, man. developer uh who basically who warned us that uh, if you cried if you you know if there was the that emotional hitch of uh ori and the blind forest which you know i've played a couple times cried every single time no shame uh he's he was like he was before he sat down with our interview, I was talking to him about it, and I was just telling him that I played it a couple times, cried every time, and he was like, if you cried during Ori and the Blind Forest, this game will destroy you. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah. okay. Good. It's a different dynamic this time. That was very much a, like a parent-child dynamic, uh, and this is the bond of siblings, mm. uh, which you, you can kind of see in the, the trailer that they showed um, with, your, with your little owl friend. What is it, Koo is the His name? name was Koo. His name is Koo. So sweet. Um, that game looks so beautiful. Yeah, I was really. It was really nice to. We talked about how like emotionally moving that game is, and he he sort of reminisced on. Uh, they they all get together 
once a year because they're he said 50 all developers, the developers he yeah. said 50 developers in 35 different countries and they all get together once a year and he said when they all watch the trailers and look at the art and things like that like half the room is welling up in tears and seeing him talk about that like look he was moved a little bit it was really nice to see that's that's something that i think uh this is my first e3 and and so it's been great it's it's been a unique experience for me and i think one of the biggest things i've taken away from it is how much when you come here and watch the conferences and meet the devs and the, like this is these people's art this is mm -hmm. this is not just like these these are not people who are trying to make games to like fuck you over or to make games that will break or anything like that these are people that like gen the majority of them you know there are the outliers but the majority of them are just genuinely excited to show you their games excited to see what you do with their games excited to see your reactions mm -hmm. and like that moment during the uh, 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 the Beyond Good and Evil uh, presentation when her mic was on when she got to stage <laughs> and she was like, we nailed it. Like, that was such a genuine response to something involving nerves and, and, and anxiety and something that she obviously was really happy about and excited to share. And so I think that's something that I'm definitely taking away. And so, you know, hearing about things like that with developers, like, these are amazing people like really trying to make some awesome stuff yeah yeah i mean the, the beautiful thing is like uh game developers and it's easy to lose track of this when we're on the, the they're faceless things we never see otherwise right um but people don't really go into game development to make a ton of money because with very few exceptions um that's not gonna happen and people that's, go and that's, into game development with the idea of making these amazing experiences and making something really 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 cool and yeah. Some of them may fall by the wayside and end up taking the easy way out, and you know, being like, let's make, let's make a mobile game that that just goes for the money. Right. And that you know, that will happen and, on occasion. And there are faults along the way of like companies and develop and, and develop or publishers like adding things like these this loot box problems that have been happening or pay to win that kind of thing. But yeah, like the people who are like making the characters in their computers and the people who are writing these stories and the people who are working on these combat mechanics, they're the ones who are just like trying to make a genuine experience for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so, you know, some of these games will end up working out better than others, yeah. uh, but it's neat to talk to developers and see how passionate they are about the projects they're working on. Yeah, yeah. it's super fun to, to have developers here and be able to connect with them over like their games. Like you saw Chad and Sean talking to uh, this, uh, the, uh, someone from Nintendo, I can't remember his name, about Smash Bros. And if you know Chad and Sean, like, they love Smash. Super fan boys. Super fun to watch. Super fun. Yeah, and it, like being everyone being able to then like go and have some hands-on time with mm -hmm. Smash Brothers, mm -hmm. and, and uh, you play, you had hands-on time with Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, I I'm so envious. It. it gave me 10 minutes. I was like, what is this, you the said, magic ship? No, yeah, you, uh, so you played the Toy Story World, you got, um, you, you activated some, some of the summons, like the like the ship. Is that what they're called? Uh, <laughs> I would not know either. I am in the same boat as you, uh, Adam. No, it, it, so they are called summons. That was made clear to me. Uh, <laughs> so there was a ship summon. It was like one of those, you know the rise where the, the pirate ship swings? Yeah. There was that. Uh, and all of these, you they have like like prompts to, to keep them going, but then there's a finisher, and the finisher for that was it just spins a bunch and hurts all the enemies. Uh, the, the first one I just showed was pretty tame. It was like a super hammer. It was just like a you bonk people with it. Uh, but then they did that one. There was the cups like from uh, Beauty and the Beast. I don't know if it's, but it's like the cups ride. So you're riding in it just spinning around. That's Alice around. in Wonderland. There's, okay. Awesome. Great. Uh, there's, <laughs> I'm very clearly a big Disney fan. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of that. It was super cool. Like, 
uh, it just seems like a fun game to play. I, I want to. Oh, I'm gonna play. play it, and I'm gonna be confused the entire time because I haven't played any of the Kingdom Hearts games. Yeah, the, I plan. I do not plan on catching up or doing anything. You don't want to buy what, that edition with one and two and three no. all at once. No. You know what though is I think uh, even. Like, I, I played one and two. I started playing some of the handheld games, but I fell off pretty quick because the gameplay of them was quite different. And um, at the time, I was like, well, this isn't the, you know, I, I like the gameplay of the Kingdom Hearts that I already have played. And so that would be really great. And this, you know, at the time, I think it was Chain of Memories or something. It was card based. And I was like, ah, okay. So I ended up kind of falling off. But those handheld games are where a, like, a ton of the story has taken place, uh, and the chronology is all over the place. That's all so I've ever even heard. if you played Kingdom Hearts one and two, if you didn't play a bunch of the games, you will probably be very yeah. lost. Fortunately, you know there are YouTube videos that will go in depth on who is what and where, and which bits of which people and their hearts, and who is doing this at any given time, and it's. They try to help make sense of it. So if you don't want to play the other games, I would recommend at least checking one of those out so you're slightly less lost. Mm -hmm. um, but they have at least also released the, the collections. So you can go and play. Because the, the handheld games are scattered over a bunch of different platforms. So they've at least collected them back together, which is nice. Yeah. Uh. <sighs> so overall, it's been a really fun E3. It gets weird. We're, we're kind of in the middle of a, of a generation. Yeah. So we're seeing... Uh, some of the, like we've seen some of the really big stuff where there's more stuff that's coming into Finale. Um, this is, there's not a ton of stuff that was shown at the C3 that's for this year. That's crazy. Like yeah. so many of these games you think would, would be fall this year, like nah, we're going 2019 or no release date yet. Yeah, mind there's you, a, I mean, there's we, a good number. There's a good number but the, still. But like we've got a surprising amount in fall. Um, let's see, we've got uh, Forza Horizon 4 is October. Uh, I'm gonna lose. I'm gonna miss out on so many of these. Um, I'm just thinking October now. I know Battlefield is October. I know Call of Duty is October. I know Red Dead Redemption is October. And I feel like there's another one in October I'm missing. Uh, of course, uh, Fallout 76 in November. Uh, there's a couple titles in September. Crew 2 is releasing in like oh, two weeks. Spider-Man is like September. Spider-Man. There we go. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Uh, we had someone on the show today that's coming out in December that I'm excited for, and I cannot remember. Mm. Uh, but. There's still some games. You're not wrong. There are some games. Um, you know, so it's been uh, it's been a really cool just being able to like see all the games. Some of them feel like they're very long ways away. Um, but uh, you know, overall, I'm pretty excited. E3 is exhausting, but I always come out of it really happy to be a gamer and yeah. just thrilled with the prospects that we've got coming. I'm ready to go home and play video games. And. Uh, Get ready to be sick on February 22nd because everything is coming out that day. Yeah. Indeed. We're, make, right. we're making a Roost Teeth holiday. Thank you for letting me talk Cyberpunk. I no, thank it. you. I'm, I'm so glad that you, that you took as many notes as you did and could and could bring them back to us since we couldn't see it ourselves. So, uh, big thanks on that. And um, I think we should all go probably go take some naps now. Get a little bit of sleep. E3 is an exhausting process. But um, this has been a lot of fun. I'm, I'm glad we could all do it. Uh, thank you for joining us, and we will be back next week with more Glitch Please. Are we doing a new game plus this week? Maybe not. This is a special live event week, so I'm gonna I'm gonna just call an audible right now and say we're gonna go take naps instead of new doing game new plus. game plus. Um, new game plus is all of those interviews that we did this whole week, except that they're not for first members only. Right. 
it's but go watch them anyway. But aside from that, hard. they're aside from that, they're exactly Thanks. like New Game Plus. We'll be back next week with more glitch please and more New Game Plus. There's gonna be so much more we need to download as well, just like talk over uh, as we start to actually process E3 and it like sinks in. So mm -hmm. we'll do more of that next week, uh, both glitch please and new game plus. Thank you. I hope you had a great E3. I hope you joined us and I hope you had fun. Cut the feed.